an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Welcome to the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds for the next couple hours here, divulging everything in the world of football specifically. But, of course, we're going to have Will Hill on later on this hour, Wes. Then we're going to have Bob Fesco coming up in the second hour from Kansas City as we get ready and break down Kansas City against the Buffalo Bills. And i got to tell you, Wes, just on paper, I can't wait to talk to Bob about this in the next hour. It feels like the AFC title game. No disrespect to Cincinnati and Tennessee. We'll get into that game as well. It does well. feel like the main event of a divisional playoff weekend for sure. Doesn't it, though? It's just it's got that heavyweight feel to it uh, mm-hmm. already here as we sit on a Tuesday. And, Wes, you know on social media last night, once we saw the results of the Rams and the Cardinal game, it became crystal clear how these matchups were going to work. We started kind of doing one of the exercises you and I do, right. which is bet now, bet later. And you could see that playing out on social media last night with kind of anticipating where the lines are going to be and what their lines are going to open up as. Before we get there, let's look back on what happened last night, and it was a demolition at the hands of the L.A. Rams. That front really came to bear. Uh, You could see the trade for Von Miller. Like... If you want to be critical of the Rams, which I've been, by the way, Mm -hmm. throughout the rest of the regular season, you go, why did you go get Von Miller? Why'd you get Matthew Stafford, right? Why'd you get Jalen Ramsey a year ago? This is the reason why. And you saw it come to fruition last night in a blowout win. The under took the money, 34-11 to there. And, of course, the Rams easily covering that number of three. I don't know what it says more to you about, that this is who the Rams can be as you forecast the rest of the NFC playoff picture. And I know you have them pre-flop at the beginning of the year and possibly go to the Super Bowl. Or who the Cardinals are after starting off the year 7-0 and going out like this. It's probably a little bit of both, Dave, and I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because we're going to talk about the bet now, bet later at the top of the next hour. Mm-hmm. But you're kind of seeing it a little bit reflected in the market that maybe I think some of the market, at least in the early going, might be thinking, well, this was just that the Cardinals were bad and Kyler Murray was absolutely awful in his first playoff start. And look, guys in their first playoff start, not very good against the number. We saw that bear fruit with Jalen Hurts on Sunday for Philadelphia down in Tampa Bay. But, you know, because the Cardinals, I think, were so bad, maybe the Rams are not going to get the credit they deserved. And it was almost from the first play of the game. Even though the Rams ended up punting on that drive and Andrew Whitworth did get hurt on that first play, when Sony Michelle busted that (laughs) 35-yard run, the Rams' first play from scrimmage, didn't result in any points. But you could kind of tell, okay, something might be amiss here. Maybe the Cardinals aren't going to be ready for this smoke, so to speak. And they absolutely were not. And look, 
look, the Rams did not turn the ball over. I thought they got Odell involved. So yeah. now he is starting to kind of bear fruit in that trade for catches for 54 yards and a touchdown on four targets. Cooper Cup, you look at the numbers, it's like, wow, Cooper Cup only had five catches for 61 yards. It felt like he had about 150 yards, though, <laughs> if you really watch the game. But got Higby involved, got a big play to Cam Akers and then Jefferson. And I do think having Cam Akers back gives the Rams a new – dynamism, if you if yeah. you will, in their running game that they have not had because now they can go with two running backs. And we've kind of haven't seen that all year because Akers has been out pretty much the entire regular season. But if you look, Sony Michelle had 13 carries for 58 yards. Now one, one carry was 35 yards at first, but Akers 17 for 55. And you now have a dual uh, running back threat. You have a one-two punch in the backfield that you have not have, and I think that that is going to make a difference for the Rams going forward, and even into Sunday here against Tampa Bay. They just, you know, because now it's like Matthew Stafford, he doesn't have to feel like he has to do it all himself. And by the way, Stafford very efficient last mm-hmm. night. 13-17 to, uh, what was it, 202 or 280? 202, rather, and three touchdowns. So, you know, he was very good last night, and I think he was very good because he had a running game he could finally rely on. Look, he never really had a running game in Detroit. He had one season in his dozen seasons up there in Detroit where he had a thousand yard rusher. I can't recall the year, but I know it was Reggie Bush. Yes. That was a thousand yard rusher. And now you've got a dual threat here in the backfield. So I came away more impressed with the Rams necessarily than maybe being down on the Cardinals, although I am very much down on the Cardinals after that performance. No question about it. Again, you know, Matthew Stafford gets his first win in the postseason as a starting quarterback. People forget they should have had one in Dallas. Before the Des Bryant game ever happened in Green Bay, the Cowboys should have lost the week before to the Lions, ironically, and somehow the, the officials helped the Cowboys win that one and then kind of took it away the next week, so maybe that's karma coming full circle. But this is why they got Matthew Stafford, right? They believe that he's a significant upgrade from Jared Goff, and this is the time. It's not really the regular season. Yeah, they won the NFC West, and that's great. But now it's the big boy matchups. It's the Tom Brady matchups. It's going down to Tampa Bay, winning on the road in the postseason. This is when you want to see if the investment that Les Snead and Sean McVay have made was a worthwhile one and if it's going to bear fruit. And now you saw the line open up, uh, I believe, at two and a half. It went up to three Mm -hmm. immediately. It's hovering around that three, two and a half rates. I saw four and a half at the beginning. I went, oh my goodness, that's going to be gone in a second. I think this number, and again, we'll get to bet now, bet later. But what'd you make of the initial line coming out here when you see it about Tampa Bay minus three? I thought Tampa, if it was two and a half, was going to get bet up to three. And, yep. and, I, and I think it's probably going to dance around there. I don't know if you'll see three and a half. But the perception, I think, because you kind of had similar performances, I think, from both teams where they were both very good. The Rams were very good. In their win. The Buccaneers were very good in their win. It was not a Buffalo-like performance where they were just amazing no. on Saturday night against New England. So, when you have that, because they both had very good performances against teams that were also very bad from the get-go. Philadelphia on Sunday for Tampa Bay. Arizona last night for the Rams. So, who gets the benefit of the doubt? And I think Tom Brady and Tampa Bay almost get like the benefit of the doubt, even though they both had, I think had very similar performances in relatively easy victories. So you kind of felt that Tampa Bay was going to get more of the benefit than the Rams, because keep in mind that was Matthew Stafford's first playoff win of his career last night. He was 0-3 when he was in Detroit. But one thing I mentioned before the game, if you're focusing too much on that trend, keep in mind those Detroit teams were always like the number six seed, yeah. and they were always about a touchdown underdog. 
on the road. Look, touchdown underdogs don't don't all you know. It's hard to win as touchdown underdogs anyway, and it's especially hard to win in the playoffs. So you know now that Matthew Stafford is with I think an actual competent team, you can see how well he can do as of last night. I wonder too. You know we talked about it all year in the NFL this year where there really was not a home field advantage right in the regular season. That home field advantage came back to play in the postseason. Only one home team did not cover and or win. That would, of course, be my Dallas Cowboys. But every other home team throughout the NFL slate on the weekend covered. And I wonder now, because last year was a COVID year in football where you didn't have fans uh, in the stands in the the postseason, Wes, if there is home field advantage back Again, did it, did it, was it just a one week anomaly, or do you think it really is back that we can start factoring it, those? Points? I don't know if home field advantage never really left. I think it's about individual matchups here. I don't want to say that it doesn't matter. It probably matters the least, though, because you have these teams that are so used to you know all having to take all these COVID protocols all the time, uh, and even teams that travel on the road, the travel is the same. Yeah. Now maybe you know you got to stay a little bit more locked down than you normally would on the road so you get a team that's so bored because they couldn't do anything during COVID and I think you had these road teams do very well it's like we're ready to play we've had no distractions we are bored out of our minds having to like quarantine in our rooms that they come out ready to play and that's why I think you've seen over really the last two years home field advantage has not mattered and it's kind of been a little bit more advantage road team I still think it you know it's matchup specific but you're kind of seeing a little bit that that some of the a couple of the home teams at least are getting support immediately but I think it was more of an aberration, Hmm. honestly, than it really is a trend. Okay, because we saw our guy Arash Murkazi tweet out last night from SoFi Stadium there. He's like, wow, you know, L.A., stand up. Wait, the fans showed up. They were were kind of joking how the week before against San Francisco Mm -hmm. in the regular season finale, they were selling their tickets to Niner fans. Apparently that didn't happen last night, and they actually had a crowd there uh, backing the home team. Now they got to go on the road. It is interesting. We're going to really dive into all these matchups throughout the, the next two hours here, that the biggest favorite on the board is Green Bay now, that flat number right around five that we're seeing. And what I think we're seeing with most most games around a field goal, you know, give or take a half point to a point, that West really, again, factor in home field all you want, there are a lot of even matchups mm-hmm. that we're kind of seeing if you do factor in home yeah. field here with the Packers. Now, six at Bedham Gym is the biggest one on the board. Yeah, and I was touch, touching on that with Gil at the end of a numbers game before we came on, and the consensus on social media and really out there in the media in general was like, man, these wild card games, this a super wild card weekend, not so super no. duper after all, didn't really have a ton of competitive games. But one of the things that's kind of like, you know, it's delayed gratification, I guess, if you will, just from a fan standpoint, because I feel that we have the right matchups in the divisional yeah. round, both in the AFC and the NFC. I feel, you know, the four best teams in the NFC are meeting up, San Francisco and Green Bay, because San Francisco and Dallas, of course, that was kind of a coin flip line, but I feel San Francisco's deserving. I don't mm-hmm. think that they're, you know, they're not like a 12 seed in the no, NCAA no, no. tournament that has made a run. There's no flukes. And then you're getting LA and Tampa Bay, who've been top three in the NFC all season. Buffalo, Kansas City, obviously, looks like the main event on Sunday night. And then you've got Tennessee, who's the number one seed in the AFC against uh, a new face. And I think it's sometimes good to have a new face like the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think ideally you've got the right matchups. And look, we don't have any double digit matchups like we did last week where the Chiefs were laying 12 and a half to the Pittsburgh (laughs) Steelers. We don't have any of that. I mean, the biggest line is six here. So 
we look, at least on the surface, like we're going to have four very competitive games. Yeah, I'm with you there. And again, you know me, Wes, by now. I, I think in college football, I, I'm not an advocate for expansion. I think that they've got it right with the way the college football system is right now to determine the best team. I know a lot of people on social media last night going, oh, expansion in the NFL. It, this one doesn't bother me as much because I think what it does, it puts more value in the regular season to get that mm-hmm. number one seed, mm-hmm. which the Titans and the Packers attained to have the week off. I think that that's a nice motivation there so that if if you're a two seed, you used to get that bye week. Now you got to play that game. That doesn't bother yeah. me that much. And, and the betters aren't about the nah. expansion because nah. that's more for them to bet on. It's like, oh, there's too many bowl games. Uh, exactly. There'll never be too much. Yes. We're always going to watch people. We're not. That's not the argument. The debate is, are we finding the best team in college football? I think we've done that. And I think we'll get the best team here in the NFL when it's all said and done. When we come back, I'm going to ask you, Wes, a couple money line plays and see which one you'd be more confident on as we get deeper into the postseason. It is the Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get to Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of and those. Then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. season is here. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM, state-of-the-art technology, and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call one 800 522 4,700. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi line right here on Leeson. And we have breaking news. We don't have an animation. We're going to have to get Matt to make one of the Anchorman animations that come up. But it looks like Todd Bowles. I don't think this is a big surprise here, the defensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right now he's being bandied about, shall we say, for the Minnesota Vikings job. He will do some interviews this week. Now, 
I don't know with, with Byron Leftwich, with, with well, this is what happens when you have success and you have successful coordinators, right? We saw this in Dallas last week with Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn reportedly up for, for many jobs as well. And we were told that wouldn't be a distraction. I don't know if it was or if it was not, mm-hmm. but they did lose. Todd Bowles is a veteran. He's a former head coach, obviously, with the Jets, preparing for a huge matchup this weekend with the Rams. I wonder, Wes, does that factor into your equation when you look at lines? Because nobody's talking about the Rams and their coordinators for other jobs, right? You feel like you have a singularly focused team. When you hear this, does it at least take it into account when you handicap a game, knowing that the coordinators might have jobs uh, eyes on other jobs? I think it should. And look, that's something that I use a little bit in the bowl season, too, especially when you have certain coaches moving, and then you have to promote a play caller, you know, not just a head coach, but yeah. like an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, and now all of a sudden you got like the running backs coach <laughs> calling the plays who have never has never called plays as a coordinator, as an interim coordinator. Certain coaches are wondering, okay, am I going with this coach to a new job? That's exactly I'm sure, right. like, like, take for instance, Brian Kelly, who just signed his LSU contract. Some of the Notre Dame guys are like, hey, am I going with this guy to Baton Rouge or am I staying here in South Bend? So that absolutely plays in the NFL. Now, you would think in the NFL they can deal with it a little bit more because I think the players, in terms of affecting the players, they know that this is a business mm. and they've lived this before. That doesn't mean human emotion doesn't play into it, but it's not like, you know, these are 18 to 23 year old young men by and large, where it's like, okay, man, coach that recruited me is leaving me, promised me he was going to be here. And then sometimes you're wallowing in your bit of year, like, you know, what is going on? But I think in the NFL, it is more a straight up business. They're like, all right. You know, we're going to go out and play. I'm still getting paid. So I think it's a little bit of a different emotional aspect. There. You know, and it's interesting, too. And I think Michael Lombardi does a great job of kind of analyzing this from a guy who, who's been there, done that, like Michael has, is that last year with the COVID season, it was almost easier to go through this process because everything was via Skype, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now that I think we're back to somewhat of normalcy, in the NFL, I wonder if these are in-person interviews. Like, does Bowles have to travel to Minnesota, hypothetically, to, to talk to the owner of the Vikings face-to-face? Like, are we going back to that? Because that's what really can factor in, I think, right. when you look into a game plan situation. If it's just over Skype and it's an hour-long but, Skype interview, I wouldn't be too worried about Bowles getting ready for Matt well, Stafford. but now we live our life over Zoom, don't we, Dave? I mean, so I don't, I don't think you're going to see, you know, hey, because that's how it used to be, like, for coaches where it's like, okay – we're going to meet on like a neutral site, so to speak. I'll meet you at the, uh, they were trying you know, to do a cloak and dagger. So I'll, nobody I'll knew meet you at the sky Ar- Harbor right. airport Hilton <laughs> or something in the lounge. And that's where we'll discuss this. And that's where it kind of used to be because I followed enough coaching searches, especially on the college right. level where it's like, okay, you track the airplanes now. Okay. Where's the university jet? Where's the athletic department jet going? And you know, so, so, I mean, you can now do it basically at home and you can do it over over Zoom and still keep confidentiality about it. So that's obviously the most important thing. And we saw that bear fruit here with the Raiders yesterday because it was like we were starting to get news leaked out that certain executives, front office executives, were going to be interviewing with the Raiders. And it's like, well, they already have a general manager, don't they, Mike Mayock? Hmm. No, they do not. And then finally, you know, once the news leaked out, they're kind of like, okay, yeah, we're parting ways with Mike Mayock. So that's the last thing you want to happen because I thought that that made the Raiders look kind of bad yesterday. I totally agree. When you're interviewing for other people's jobs, when that guy still has that job, come on. It's kind of the writing on the wall. 
So we'll see what's going to happen there with Todd Bowles. But again, he's one of the reasons why. And their defense had not been as top level as it was a year ago. They've had a ton of injuries, by the way, for Todd Bowles' unit. You saw that play out at least in the first three quarters against the Eagles. I just think it's going to be a different game than what the Rams saw last night against the Cardinals with Todd Bowles calling that game for the Rams. To me, he's one of the more respected play callers on the defensive side, so we'll see how that plays out. But I think he would be a good choice for Minnesota if they want to stay on the defensive side. Let's go to the divisional round of the playoffs here, and I'm going to give you some money line parlay scenarios, Wes. And I want to see which one you'd have the most confidence in. Now, The two one-seeds are back in action for the first time in this postseason. Of course, the Titans hosting the Bengals. I believe right now they're about three-and-a-half-point favorites. We mentioned the Packers, six-point favorites right here at BetMGM against the Niners. So if you think both those one-seeds are going to at least win one game, but you've got to win both, that's going to be plus 130. If you think the Bengals could go on the road and pull that upset, but the one-seed Packers pull it out against the Niners, plus 260. Whoa. Both road teams upset the number one seeds, plus 375. And how about the Bengals? Excuse me, that would be the Titans as the one seed and the the Niners as the lowest seed winning, plus 375. If you think both one seeds lose, plus 625. Mm -hmm. Would you be more apt to try for the long shot at the plus 625 if you think one of the dogs can pull the outright? I don't think I really want to go with the 130 here because I do think, and and look, I don't like to handicap this way and I don't advise betters to do so. Of course, the favorites did go 5-1 and this weekend, so don't automatically assume it's going to do a total 180 and then all the dogs are going to cover, but I do think you're getting at least one underdog. One team went on the road and and maybe even two. So, look, I think uh, uh, what I would be looking at, and I did say that I like the 49ers on a bet, and if I like them, I know they're getting six, but I kind of think they do have a chance to win that outright. So it would be one of the bottom two. I would lean 49ers in Tennessee. I kind of did want to go against Tennessee in this round because they're the lowest ever number one seed in terms of football outsiders DVOA, and that data dates back all the way to 1985. But I think that that's a little bit baked in the cake, and it's like, are the Cincinnati Bengals really ready for that that road smoke, so to speak? Mm. Are they really ready to go and win on the road? And I almost feel like the Titans are kind of a lukewarm favorite. And I wanted to bet against them in so the playoffs. I. I was telling you, uh, we yeah. were talking about this two, three weeks ago. I'm like, I'm fading this team in the divisional round. And I've been going against them a lot this year and have done well more often than not because the Titans, you know, they kind of they eked out that win against the Texans in the regular season finale. Mm-hmm. And But I think what the Titans are getting, they're getting a very similarly average team in the AFC title game. Uh, The numbers are pretty darn equal. They're both below average in the DVOA per football outsiders. Neither of them were top 10 in rushing offense or rushing defense, nor passing offense or defense, mind you. They all played in one-scored games. I think they had 17 one-score games combined with the Titans and the Bengals this season. So, you know... I mean, you look at some of the profiles and some of the teams that like miss the playoffs. It's like, is there really much difference when you look at it just from looking at it at a personnel standpoint between Tennessee and Cleveland? Not really. No. Is there really that much of a difference, even though Cincinnati got the win with Cincinnati and the Raiders? Not really. So, uh, yeah, I would I would be looking at, at Tennessee here, even though I did not think I was going to be. So Titans and 49ers plus 375 for me. Here's the hard part for me. 
when you try to take like your 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 Cowboys bias, the one football game I missed all weekend was the Cowboys winning the three against the Niners. And now I gotta turn around and take the six and the Niners. Like Jimmy G, I thought he was hurt, Wes. Mm-hmm. He played pretty good until the bad pick to Anthony Brown at the end of the game. He does that against Green Bay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the fortune is gonna be the same. They almost gave that game away at the end, right? So can I trust Jimmy G over Aaron Rodgers? Like, can I really do that at the end? And I get it. I'm getting the six, but we're talking about money line plays. We're talking about winning the game outright in this scenario that we're giving uh, to you here on the Lombardi line. So that's the hard part for me. Like at the end of the day, Wes, can I really see the Niners getting all the way to the finish line? Yeah, I can see them staying inside that six. But the hard part for me, if I want to do a money line play here, even if I took them straight or if I took them in the scenarios we're laying out here as part of a money line play, parlay play, I just don't know that I can trust Jimmy G overall to make a play in Green Bay to get this one. Well, they may not need it because one of the things the 49ers do very well, obviously, is run the football. Dallas found that out on Sunday. Green Bay, I think they're certainly going to be tested at that standpoint. I was talking about this game with Gil. The Cleveland Browns in Week 17 kind of laid the blueprint a little bit on Green Bay. Run it right up the middle. Run it right at them. And Green Bay, if you look at these numbers, 28th in DVOA rush defense per football outsiders, 22nd overall. That's a bottom five unit. And against a team that can run the ball like the 49ers and be creative with their running game, too, you know, not only just running up the middle, running off tackle, but getting the end arounds with Jennings and with Debo. Uh, yeah, I think the 49ers have the scheme to go in there and win. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I look at it, and I, they, they should on paper, but I, I'm so jaded after what I saw as a Cowboy fan. It's going to be hard for me to back the Niners. Don't bet what you saw last. That's exactly right. Don't have that recency bias. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game. We want to make sure VEASAN is part of your plans. We're going to be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on Championship Weekend, check this out. We're going to have 56 hours of free video coverage on VEASAN.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game BetCast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VEASAN betting experts before, during, and after the action on VEASAN.com. Com. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. We're going to get back to the NFL in just a second, but I do want to dip our toe into Tuesday night college hoops and take a look at some of these lines, Wes, because now for somebody like me, and you know how immersed I get, certainly in UFC all year round, but the NFL. And then when your team, like my team, gets knocked out, you start looking back to the college hardwood like, mm-hmm. oh, what's going on down there? So I wonder here on a Tuesday, what's happened to the Baylor Bears? All of a sudden, they're going to be taking on West Virginia uh, in Morgantown tonight. And you look at all of a sudden Baylor ATS, not good. One in five in their last six. The over, by the way, has cashed in five of the last eight games, one of those being a tie. So five, two, and one. West Virginia, by the way, ATS in their last five at home, pretty good. Four and one in that span. And the over again is 4-1 and one in the last five games overall. So it, it, the trends would lead you to the over in West Virginia. 
What say you, Wes? Yeah, no play for me at this time, but the Baylors did lose two games at home, and really the reason why they lost was they got dominated on the interior. Texas Tech, I believe, was 59% from two-point range. Oklahoma State was 50%. A lot of those came on driving the lanes. You have bigger ball handlers for both of those teams, and that's really, if you want to say what a weakness is for Baylor, who won that won the whole bundle last season, that was kind of their weakness. Bigger, bigger guards, bigger wings that could drive the ball, and then you know, Baylor really didn't shoot that well, especially against Oklahoma State last time they got out-rebounded defensively. They gave up 31 defensive rebounds to Oklahoma State. You usually don't see Baylor do that, and they've had to shorten the rotation a little bit because the freshman big guy, Soshan, has been out. Uh, also, James Akinjo, and Scott Drew yesterday said didn't know if James Akinjo was going to go tonight, so you kind of got to keep an eye on the injuries, and uh, really, you're looking with West Virginia, who's still a very good team, but you can tell how much, especially if you watch the Kentucky Wildcats, how much West Virginia really misses Oscar Tshibwe, mm. who transferred to Kentucky midseason last year. 331 nationally in defensive rebounding rate. There's only about 358 teams in Division One basketball. But uh, West Virginia, look, Bob Huggins' teams ever, I mean, going all the way back to Cincinnati, they crashed the offensive yeah. glass. Second in offensive rebounds per game in the Big 12. They forced turnovers. They still do a little bit of that press Virginia, if you will, maybe not as much as they did it several years ago, but they force a lot of turnovers. They block a lot of shots, but this is not an overly skilled front guard necessarily for West Virginia, much better defensively than they are offensively. So Tash Sherman, he's really the guy that gets the ball. Most of the possessions he's involved in almost 30% of their possessions, 19 points a game. So he's the guy that if he's going well, this is a dangerous team. If he's not, they're a very pedestrian team, but Sherman, has been kind of in and out of the lineup. Just came back a couple games ago. I think he was out with COVID, but he has been dealing with some injuries as well. So with so many injuries mm. here, I'm just not really sure what to do. I'm probably going to wait. Obviously, you were talking about trends of the over. If all these guys I'm listing are going to play, I would certainly lean that way. They're four and one of the over the last five in the series. But if all three of them are out, I would certainly lean to the under, but probably going to stay away well, until I know more. Wes, let me just ask you about perception and then how it matches up with the ATS re- reality, right? Because I think a lot of novice gamblers out there are going to go, oh, wait, Baylor, they just lost two in a row at home. Now they're going to unranked Morgantown to take mm-hmm. on. They got absolutely mm-hmm. put up a number, but you think they should take caution in that logic, right? Where they just go, well, well because they lost two in a row, they're not going to lose three. Well, and I think six and a half is probably right. And this West Virginia team is a solid team. They don't have that one real home run win yet. They've got a couple wins in conference against Kansas State and Oklahoma State. You would expect that they're going to beat them down there in Morgantown. They did beat UConn, though, earlier this Mm -hmm. season. That's probably their best win. But, you know, I think we still don't really quite know who West Virginia is. So that's why people are wanting to back Baylor. But I think six and a half is about the right number. All right, let's get to Kansas and Oklahoma. And you know whenever these two teams get together. Together, it's going to be intense. Now, KU, 5-2-1 ATS in their last eight on the road, so they've been a pretty good play uh, away from Kansas. The over, by the way, has hit in five of their last six. Oklahoma, conversely, here, 3-7 and seven ATS in their last ten, ten games, following a straight-up loss, so they have not rebounded well, at least ATS-wise. And the over again, two, two games in a row that trend to the over 5-2 uh, and two in their last seven. How do you break down Rock Chalk against Boomer Sooner? 
Yeah, this is going to be, I think, a, a very interesting matchup because Kansas, it was kind of like they were the team that's like, okay, they are rolling along here. You know, we're kind of talking about Gonzaga and Baylor and all these other teams, and we're not talking about KU. Then they go get beat at Texas Tech, have a very close game uh, a week ago tonight against Iowa State where they barely got out. They actually had to hit the last shot to go ahead and win the game, 62-61. And then they rolled the aforementioned West Virginia Oklahoma, uh, you know, new coach there, Porter Moser. So playing a little bit slower of a tempo. Oklahoma's lost their last two on the road, uh, lost at Texas, and then lost in overtime in a very low-scoring game. They only scored 117 points, and that was with a full overtime period uh, combined at TCU. So, you know, looking at this, this isn't one I have necessarily bet Mm -hmm. as of yet. But, you know, Kansas, when they're this small road favorite, they're obviously going to be very tempting. But I don't know. No, I mean, I, I may not want to give to into that temptation. Kansas, I know they want to try to push the pace a little bit more, but Oklahoma doesn't want them to do that. They obviously want to slow it down. We saw what Porter Moser did when he was at Loyola Chicago with that uh, magical run they made several years ago and then almost duplicated it last year. But I would lean a little bit to the under here. Oklahoma's offense has really struggled the last couple games, failed to break 60 in either game. 0.82 points per possession on Saturday against TCU and 0.84, not much better in the previous game against Texas. So, you know, and really what they're doing is they're turning the ball over way too much. I think Mm -hmm. they're 316th in offensive turnover rate. So you don't want to do that against KU. I would lean a little bit to the under. I just, Oklahoma's offense just hasn't been able to get going lately. Let's talk about Butler against UConn a little bit. And I love when we find dueling trends, and this is exactly what we have. They're kind of going to cross either way, depending on how you're looking at it. Butler, by the way, 3-7 and seven ATS in their last 10 on the road. So they haven't been a good player on the road. But wait a minute. UConn just 2-5 and five ATS in their last 7 at home. So the, the Huskies haven't been a good home play. The under for Butler is 11-4 and four in their last 15, but dueling trends. UConn over 4-1 and one in their last 5. So we're just, we're going right against each other here, Wes, in these trends. What do you make of this match? Yeah, that's what I've said about Butler all year. They really struggle in the half court. Uh, the first meeting, this was, at, they were actually supposed to meet a couple weeks ago, but due to COVID issues. Uh, Butler 9-7 and seven right now. 8 of its 9 wins against out of the top 100 teams. So against the top competition, they haven't gotten there. And we saw it on Sunday against Villanova, where they got beat by about 40. I mean, it was absolutely never a game. Butler really, really struggles to manufacture mm-hmm. offense. And UConn pressure man-to-man defense. Very good uh, unit for Danny Hurley. Butler plays a really slow tempo. 348th, one of the slowest tempo teams in the country. But the scoring offense, they're just putting up barely over 60 a game. Really, the best thing for Butler to do, and I don't know why Laval Jordan has not done this yet, is to run a little bit. you got to get out and transition mm-hmm. because they just cannot get half-court offense. They've had guys in and out of lineup with injuries and COVID. They turned the ball on over 20% of their offensive possessions, which is, you know, near obviously the bottom half of the country. So they're taking a lot of threes, but they're not hitting a lot of threes. They're only hitting about 30%. So UConn just got recently ranked again. This is an awful big number at 13 and a half. Well, uh, it would be a really more of a lean to the under for me. I think 13 and a half, even though it's a big number, is probably the right number based on 
how Butler struggles to score. And you see the unders gotten hit a little bit. 126, 125.5 are out there. I know that's a low total. People mm-hmm. are always scared to take unders in those low total games, but that might be where I go here. All right, let's talk about Davidson against my alma mater, VCU. And Davidson, by the way, 7-0 and ATS in their last seven on the road. Really good. How about my Rams? 6-1 and ATS in their last seven uh, games overall. Very good. Home team, by the way, 5-0 and ATS in the last five meetings in the mm-hmm. series. And Davidson, by the way, they score over 6-0 and in their last six on the road. So, again, what do you make? This should be a really good matchup. Boy, I could only probably be on VCU, maybe lay in the small money line here. However... I mean, the only reason why I think is because maybe we're going to get some shooting regression from Davidson. At some point. They, they hit 13 to 27 threes in that overtime win at Richmond on Friday night. I think it was Michael Jones that hit the game winner. Eight of nine from the three for Michael Jones for 29 points. And obviously you are playing a much better defense here in VCU. They are number two in defensive efficiency in the country. Number four in the turnover percentage. Mike Rose has kind of brought that havoc back. Yes. Uh, they, they struggle to score, though, and we saw that against St. Bonaventure on Friday, only 53 points, and they got blown out there up there at Olean, but they had had, I believe, a seven-game winning streak before that, so I see VCU getting on track here. I'd lay small money line with them. Still waiting for VCU to uh, rename the court after me, Wes. If our Green Zone show David just takes Ross off, court. that's it. That's, well, it was sponsored by the Green Zone. That's what I think it should be <laughs> at the Siegel Center. All right, when we come back, Will Hill is going to join us, and not only are we going to talk NFL, he's got a golf play and I can't wait to get your thoughts Wes on that as well come on back it's the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN the sports betting network as someone who lives for politics when a major scandal unfolds it was shocking I have to know what were they thinking backroom deals huge amounts of money CIA secrets sets off a firestorm in Washington affairs no way this guy's got a mistress corruption I knew I was a dead man warning it's even messier than you thought United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper Sunday at 9 on CNN welcome to 500 greatest songs a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular influential and sometimes controversial list I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. just the final score with one game parlay at BetMGM. One game parlay is an exciting feature designed to help you make your selections within a single game from over 400 bet types, including team and player props. Log into your BetMGM account now and create your best parlay before the game ever starts. New to BetMGM, we'll sign up today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 with the bonus code VEASAN1000. You can place one game parlay bets on football, basketball, and much, much more. Plus, you're going to earn M-Life rewards that you can redeem for room nights, 
and dining at any MGM resort nationwide. Try one game parlay today. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada and Mississippi. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. It is always a pleasure to have our VEASAN contributor and Point Spread Weekly uh, contributor. Wes is going to join us right now is Will Hill. And of course, Will, I like to call him the King of New York because he does a great job on the New York City cast that we have now available. And Will, before we get to the postseason, very quickly, what's the City cast going to look like this week? Because New York... They're out of the postseason. There is no Jets and Giants. What are you talking about this week? They didn't make it? I didn't realize that. I thought they weren't. Uh, <laughs> we're allowed to color outside the, the lines a little bit. I mean, got to talk NFL playoffs, give some picks. I mean, the, the money be green, as they say in the wire. So just try to find some winners. Uh, you know, it's tough. Like you said, no Jets, no Giants in the mix. Um, but look, it's, it's still it, it, the NFL is a, a nationwide sport. So we talk NFL. Uh, we'll get into that. A little Knicks and Nets, obviously, but. Uh, it's NFL. Got to enjoy it while it lasts. It's Absolutely. Quickly. No question about it. That's what Wes and I talk about. Like, just keep extending the football season for me as long as we can. Uh, but, yes, even in New York, I know Philly's out, too. They'll still have plenty to bet on. I do. Before we talk NFL, though, I do want to get to uh, golf this week because you and Wes are very astute. Obviously, Wes does a great job in long shots here on VEASAN as well. And when you look at this week's tournament coming up, You've got a winner that intrigues me. Who do you like this week to win on the PGA Tour? Yeah, he's a guy I bet on a bunch of times in terms of matchups, outrights, top fives, and he's really played well. Uh, you know, his last four times out, he only started four times in the fall, only had four appearances. He finished second, he finished fifth, 11th, and 17th, and that's Matty Wolf. Woo. And if he can get him 25, 30 to 1, uh, obviously I'll look to play him some top five in, in terms of some matchups as well. But uh, he's a guy whose game I really like. Now he can drive you crazy. He can look great for stretches <laughs> and then give it all back just as quickly. But uh, I kind of like the number here on Wolf. I think his game is coming around. He's a guy that I did consider, didn't ultimately make my card. By the way, this is Wolf's debut mm-hmm. for 2022. Didn't play either of the Hawaii events. I'm not sure if he's going to need an event, but he's going to be a guy I'm going to be on here in the next month or two because I do think a win is coming. Maybe it's this week. Maybe maybe uh, wow. the rest beats the rust uh, uh, for, for uh, Will's theory here on Matt Wolf, and that definitely could happen. But I don't know if he might need one event to kind of get going, but he certainly, I think, can go very well here. This is going to be three different courses. It's a resort style golf here in Palm Springs. So you're going to need to be about mid 20 under par range on Sunday to go ahead and win. And he can certainly do that in a hurry. Yeah, he can go low, but Will, I'm kind of right there with you too. Watching Matty Wolf play. Sometimes I feel like I'm dancing when I just watch him swing. It's it's just all over the, all over the map, but the kid can get it done. Uh, Gentlemen, let's talk NFL, obviously this weekend. And uh, Will, Wes and I talked a little bit about it here. I would like the Titans a little bit more this weekend if it was just the three. But, of course, they're shrewd. They're going to make it three and a half here for the number one seed coming off the bye week. What do you make of this matchup here? Because I know Cincinnati maybe not overly impressive in holding on to beat the Raiders, but they did get that win. They get the monkey off the back for the franchise. Hadn't been since 1990. Now they go on the road to Tennessee. What do you make of this matchup? Yeah, I was surprised. I was looking to bet against Tennessee. I just think they're kind of, you know, an above average team, but you look at yards per play in terms of what they average on offense, what they allow in defense, it's kind of mediocre. 
But man, these books are smart and they opened it. I thought a little light at three. There were even some two and a half. Now, look, the number grabbers uh, scooped up all those two and a half, moved it right up to three, even three and a half. Uh, three and a half, I would lean Cincy. This is one game I don't have a bet on yet. I think, you know, on a neutral field, Tennessee's probably like a half point better or so than Cincy. You give them a point or so for home field. You give them a point or so for rest. I can't really get to the three and a half. I would probably uh, lean towards Cincy at this number. Yeah, same the same thing for me, Will. I did want to go ahead and fade Tennessee. I've been waiting to do it all playoffs, but then <laughs> they make the right number and perhaps the right opponent. Interestingly enough, the Bengals usually kind of slow starters. 29th and first quarter DVOA. Maybe Titans get out to an early lead, and that's where you come in on Cincinnati Live. But I'm not running to the window to fade Tennessee like I thought I would here. But, Will, let's go to the second game on Saturday night. Green Bay hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Of course, we're seeing a little bit of move on Green Bay. It was, uh, I saw as low as four and a half Mm -hmm. at one point. It was basically five and a half. Some put it out four and a half. I think the Vegas guys had it higher than the offshore markets did. But now seeing a little bit of five and a half, but mostly six in the market. And I'm interested in the 49ers. How about you, Will? I'm with you. I like San Fran now. Again, we were watching that game on the green zone, and we, we pointed out, and it ended up being true, that Garoppolo took a hit, I think, end of the first yep. half. And it couldn't tell if he was grabbing his hand or his shoulder. It turns out he showed up on the injury report with a strained shoulder. So this injury report is going to be something to watch between him. Uh, looks like Warner's going to be good to go by based on what he tweeted out. Bose is another story. They're optimistic he can play, but that's a, a head issue. So he's got to get cleared by an independent neurologist. You know, this isn't uh, a James Woods from any given Sunday coming in and just giving him the blessing to play. He's got to really be cleared. So that's all stuff to watch. But in, in terms of the matchup, I think uh, San Fran can really run the ball on them. Same thing with Dallas, except I think Dallas was even better against the run than Green Bay. Green Bay can really be vulnerable to, you know, the misdirections, the motion, the stuff that San Fran does. Uh, the key is going to be getting a pass rush on Rodgers because San Fran can be vulnerable in the secondary. If you can make Rodgers uncomfortable uh, and the weather is going to be probably, you know, it's Green Bay. It's going to be five degrees, eight degrees. If you can make Rodgers uncomfortable and make this a grinded out type of game, I give San Francisco a great chance uh, to be in this game and to win it. So I like San Fran plus the six. Not sure you're going to get any better in terms of six and a half. If it ever hit seven, uh, I'm sure all the sharp money would come in on San Francisco. So if it gets to seven, grab it because I don't think it'll get that high. But I definitely like San Francisco in this matchup. Yeah, what a great reference. I mean, I still can't believe James Woods' girlfriend, the cheerleader, just left him when he got fired by the team. See you around the old folks' home. All right, let's talk about the Rams and the Buccaneers here, gentlemen, in this one, because uh, this is a line I, I saw on Twitter. We were all kind of uh, guessing where we think this might open, right? And I saw some places as high as four and a half. Quickly, they get all the way down to two and a half here. Bet MGM, it's at three. So I, I wonder, Will, what you make of the initial line here. It feels like that's the right number, isn't it? Yeah, I like Tampa. Uh, I think it'll eventually close at three and a half. I just don't see people. Uh, people simplify it a lot of times and say, look, Stafford versus Brady, who do you want your money on? Even the money line there is pretty cheap at 155. Uh, these teams did play in week three. It's funny. Both NFC matchups are rematches from week three. Uh, the Rams beat them. And, and I kind of like taking the team that lost the first game. I feel like they'll adjust for the second one while the team that won the first one just kind of does the same uh, in terms of what they did in the first one. So I lean Tampa here. I, I think their run defense is going to be a lot better uh, now than it was the second half of the year. Remember, they were great against the run last year. First half of the year started to get nicked up on defense. Now they get Shaq Barrett back. They get uh, you know JPP back. Uh, I just I lean Tampa in this game. They got the rest advantage. The Rams had to play Monday night. I just don't really trust Stafford uh, as much as I do Brady in that defense. So I like Tampa here. 
It goes back to what I was saying earlier, Dave. I think two very similar performances for both of these teams in their wildcard games, but Tampa Bay and the market's going to get the benefit of the doubt. Tom Brady, of course, been there, done that. Matthew Stafford, first playoff win last night uh, for the Rams, so that's why I thought Tampa Bay was going to get the money early on, and they certainly have, but Will, let's get to what I think is the main event of wildcard weekend. It is the Sunday night game, Buffalo against Kansas City. Two, two and a half uh, after the Kansas City performance. After Saturday, you thought it might be only like one and a half Kansas City because Buffalo was the most impressive team in the weekend, arguably. And then you thought after Kansas City, okay, it's going to be three. So it's settled kind of in the middle here. Two, two and a half. Bills got him the first time. What about the second time around? You know, there's a reason Johnny Vandermeer is the only pitcher to throw two no-hitters in a row. It's hard to be perfect week after week. And, you know, the Bills almost played a perfect game last week. I mean, seven drives, seven touchdowns. It's hard to do better than that. Uh, I kind of lean the Chiefs here. Again, you, you mentioned this is a great matchup. This is the game of the year. Sometimes you get this in the NCAA tournament where you get a Final Four caliber matchup in like the, you know, the second round of the Sweet 16. It's just kind of a, an old, overqualified game. This is a great game. I lean Chiefs. I mean, same thing. You know, Who do you trust more, Mahomes or Allen? Uh, I, I trust Mahomes. I trust Andy Reid in Arrowhead or whatever they call that stadium now. I don't know the in- names of any of these stadiums anymore. But uh, to me, this is a little cheap on Kansas City. You almost have to beat the man in order to be the man. I, I kind of lean towards the Chiefs until I see somebody knock them off. Uh, remember, the Bills were up 9 nothing in this AFC title game last year. These teams met, and the Chiefs just ran them out of the building. Allen did not play well. You know, they pressured him. They played zone behind the, the, the pressure. Uh, I just trust Mahomes more. I trust the Chiefs more. I think it's cheap here. I like the Chiefs. What world do we live in that I can't get the Bills in three on the road at Arrowhead or whatever the hell it's called? Are you kidding me? You can't even get three, Will? This is crazy. Maybe if you wait, maybe they'll come up late. If it, if it, it's another one. If it hits three, it won't be there for long. All right. Well, we're going to do that exercise when we come back here with Wes. Uh, we'll always appreciate the time and the information as always, man. And enjoy it, and I will catch up again soon. All right. See you guys. See you guys Sunday. Thank right. you, Will. Wes, when we come back, we're going to do that exercise. Bet now or bet later. I think it's one of the best exercises that you can do on a Tuesday getting ready for the weekend. Come on back. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.